Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Hey, what's up everybody? Uh, Just so you know, uh, this service has already been less dramatic than the first service. So number one, I'm glad you're here. Uh, You survived whatever storm happened outside. When we got here this morning, it was, or let me put it this way, when I first got here, oh, you guys are going to receive an offering. I just forgot. Yeah. Uh, One quick story. When I got here this morning, it was like bright and sunny, and then the storm clouds rolled in, and when Phoenix and Poppy were sharing in the first service, the loudest thunder ever, I don't know, exploded somewhere over here. All the lights went off. Like the whole, I thought, well, I don't know. And we had like a really fun little dramatic moment. We somehow got through it. So uh, you guys missed a really fun time in the first service. However, right now we're going to receive one more offering. This is our least of these offering. It goes to help import the poor and needy in Campbellsville. You guys can go ahead and pass those baskets. Uh, we give 100% of this uh, to people who are in need in our community, which uh, there are several. So I'd include, I would encourage you to be generous there. Uh, that is a big thing to us. And then once we do that, if you want to open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 6, uh, the title of today's message is Dead to Sin but Alive to God. We're going to read a few verses. Um, and before we do that, uh, I just also want to say to this room, um, Camp Vineyard is such a big deal. Like, in case that didn't come through, uh, it's such a big deal. Uh, I, I Really, uh, next year, like, if your kid can go, you really need to have them at camp. One of the things that's very important for kids is they need to develop a faith and a spirituality that is, that is not completely tethered to their mom and dad. This is actually very important. Uh, if a kid's faith is totally tethered or surrounded by mom and dad, uh, when they leave your house, and they will, oftentimes those kids leave their faith. And so camp is this, is this moment when kids can begin to experience who God is and lean into their faith without just that normal thing that happens a lot of times around here, and it's very important. So uh, that's my two cents for Camp Vineyard. Uh, there's a lot there. Uh, but we want to get into the text this morning, and I want to I want to share 11 verses with you out of Romans chapter 6. So maybe we can put those up. Uh, This is the text for the morning. Paul says this, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? We'll come back to that. Paul says, of course not. Since we've died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism... We joined him in his death, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live new lives. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. 
We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. Then verse 11 here. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. I want to start this morning by uh, just telling you a little story. I was on the plane ride back from England last Monday. Uh, the reason I wasn't here is because I was hanging out with the Vineyard Worship Leader crew in England and Ireland and uh, the Nordic region. And I was on my plane ride back and um, I, I'm one of these people who can't sleep on a plane. It doesn't matter how tired I get. I just, my eyes are open. And so uh, I downloaded a bunch of stuff to read and I read this, this article on the, on the way home and it was about this guy who had uh, an accident while he was driving and while he was driving, he, he swerved and he, he hit a tree basically right on the driver's side. And as a result, he, he, uh, he, had, he basically had a, a traumatic brain injury that put him in a coma for 63 days. Uh, so you can, imagine, uh, you can imagine that. It turned the lights off for 63 days. And then, and then on the 64th day, uh, he woke back up. But when he woke back up, uh, he didn't know who he was. Uh, he, he didn't remember who his wife was, uh, couldn't remember his children, uh, didn't remember that he was a doctor. Uh, and in fact, it got really strange because he also forgot things like this. He forgot that he was a, a, an occasional smoker. Uh, he forgot that he was a vegetarian. Uh, he forgot all of these details of his life. Uh, and what was very, very weird about it was he remembered certain famous people. So he remembered who the president was. He remembered certain characters on TV. But anything that was intimate to him, uh, either in terms of love and relationship or in terms of vocation, the things that he had given himself to, uh, to serve and to, and to work, uh, those were just absent from him. And so he went on this multi-year journey of trying to remember who he really, really was. You can imagine how disorienting this was for him. But then you can also imagine how this disorienting it would be for the family. Could you imagine? All of a sudden, dad comes home, but he has no idea who you are, right? And so there's this multi-year journey of people helping him remember who he really was. And I guess I want to start there this morning because part of what Paul is doing in Romans chapter 6, uh, 1 through 11, is he's reminding us of who we really are. Uh, and so that's what I want to do this morning. I just want to remind us of who we really are as Christians and as people who have put our faith and trust in Jesus. Uh, but instead of, of remembering by looking back, because we're Christians, uh, we always remember by looking to Jesus. Like if we want to know who we really, really are, uh, we don't have to look back. We, we, we simply look, we look at Jesus. And so uh, a bit of an outline this morning, uh, three steps to the passage uh, number one, if you're taking notes, something really happened. Uh, number two, joined slash united. And then number three, consider yourselves. Consider yourselves. Uh, number one, something really happened. I, I hope you noticed that in the passage this morning that Paul is insistent that something really happened in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Like something really happened. And it wasn't just something that happened to Jesus, but God had done something in the world. Uh, Reese, maybe we can put up the 
first couple verses. Uh, you just see the insistence here in Paul's language. Uh, and one of the things that he seems to be addressing is this controversy. Uh, apparently, apparently, the message of the gospel had gone out that God had done something in Jesus and that in the places where you are weak or where I am weak, God had made up for it and had poured out his grace. And apparently because of that, some people began to think or began to say, well, if God's grace is poured out on sin, if any place that sin abounds, grace abounds much more so, uh, should we just keep on sinning and maybe even sin a little bit more so that there can be more grace around us? I mean, you can see the logic there. You can see the logic there. And Paul's like, no, no, uh, that doesn't work. And look at what he says. Of course not. Uh, and here's why it doesn't work. Look at verse 2. Why? Because, because we've died to sin, and if you've died to sin, how can you keep living in it? Like that old life is, is gone. Something happened, and I hope you noticed here that it isn't just that something happened to Jesus, but we'll go to point two here, joined, united. The reason that this thing gets extended to you and I, and the reason that we don't simply go on sinning so that there can be more grace, is that what happened to Jesus is something that happened to us. In fact, one of the central claims of the Christian faith is, is, is this. It's that Jesus lived, uh, he was crucified, he was buried, and he raised. And in his living, crucifixion, burial, and in his raising, it wasn't simply Jesus that was, that was raised. It was, it was all of humanity was raised. And that somehow you and I have been joined to the body of Christ. And when it happened to him... It happened to you, and it happened, it happened to me. Uh, you can notice this in verse 3, uh, 4, and 5. Look at verse 3 there. Paul says, have you forgotten that when we were joined? He uses the word joined here twice. When you are joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, right? Look at that. We joined him in his death. It wasn't just that Jesus uh, died, but in baptism, that old part of us also died. And then look at verse 5. Reese, maybe we can put up that next slide. Uh, since we've been united with him in his death, we'll also be raised with him. Something really happened. It wasn't, it wasn't just to Jesus, but for those of us who have put our trust in Jesus and who have been baptized, uh, we've been included in that. And it actually happened to you and it happened to me as well. Uh, and maybe you hear that this morning and you think, well, I don't feel particularly new. That's great. Like something died and then something new has come back around. And maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I, I don't feel particularly shiny. Uh, I don't feel particularly resurrected. Uh, in fact, I still feel a little bit, I still feel a little bit weak. Uh, anybody here ever feel like a little meh? Ever have a Monday meh? Right? Yeah. Uh, here's what I would like to say to us uh, this morning. If you, if you hear this message and you think, oh, on the one hand, something has happened and Paul's saying I've been included in it, but I don't really feel it. I'd like to offer you maybe five thoughts this morning. Uh, number one, uh, if, on the one hand, if on the one hand something real has happened, uh, if on the one hand you and I have been included, but on the other hand, you don't really feel it. Uh, number one, I'd like to say this. Uh, maybe we've forgotten some important stuff. 
Maybe we've just absolutely forgotten some important stuff, like that, like that guy who forgot his whole previous life, right? Um, do you remember what it was like when you first met God? That'd be a question to think about. Uh, do you remember what it was like when, when you realized that you'd been included into God's family or when you felt the embrace of, of God's arms or when you felt the affection of the Father? Do you remember what it was like when uh, you realized that uh, for all the ways in which uh, you were sinful, uh, that God had completely covered it up and he had accepted you and his son. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that happens to us sometimes is we just forget that. And in forgetting that, uh, there's this very real thing that happens, but it doesn't feel real to us anymore. So I'd encourage us to remember. Um, I'll just tell you a quick story. Uh, I have a friend right now. And uh, this friend is somebody I'm hanging out with quite a bit. And um, he, he just recently, in the last couple years, uh, met Jesus. And he met Jesus as an adult, which is, which is by the way, uh, by the statistics, pretty rare. Uh, and this, this is an experienced, rough-and-tumble guy, just exactly the kind of person I like hanging out with the most. And every time I hang out with this guy, I come away so encouraged because he's so very aware of the ways in which God has actually saved him and has, has pulled him out of one life and into another. And it comes up in the conversations, our conversations all the time. He'll, he'll say things to me like this. He'll say, like, Adam, I was, I was on the, I mean, I was headed straight to hell. Like, he'll just tell me, he was like, listen, like, I knew it. I knew it in my bones. And I was so uncertain if God would ever accept me. And he goes, one morning, like the lights came on. I knew that I was not far away from God, that he, was, that he had been chasing me my whole life and that he called me a son. It's just very present for him. And when I'm hanging out with him and he's telling me these stories of how this is very present with him, it becomes present for me. You ever had that experience? Like somebody's experience becomes your own experience. Yeah. So if you're here this morning and you read Romans chapter 6 and you're like, well, something happened and apparently I've been included in it, but it doesn't feel like that to me, I would encourage you to remember again. And I'd also encourage you, uh, hang around people who have recently met Jesus. It will, it will do something to you. A lot of times we hang out with Christians who have been Christians for a long time too much. Uh, number two, number two, God's power rarely meets expectations. God's power rarely meets expectations. Here's what I mean. I mean, sometimes God's power meets expectations or our understanding of power, especially uh, as Western modern Americans, we have an understanding of power. Like Jesus does things like this. Jesus walks on water. Jesus can multiply food. Uh, Jesus can heal the sick. Uh, but oftentimes, oftentimes, the real power of God, it is moving counter to our expectations or counter to our notions of what power is. Uh, in, in fact, in the Gospels, the height of power is not Jesus walking on the water. Uh, the height of God's power is seen in Jesus crucified on the cross. It isn't, it isn't in direct interventions, but it's in Jesus' life laid down. Uh, the height of God's power is found in uh, not the Jesus who multiplies all the food, but the height of God's power is Jesus who surrenders his life. Uh, in fact, uh, this is... This is according to the Gospels, when Jesus' power is most visibly seen. And so what I would like to say to us this morning, if you're here and you're like, ah, 
Something's happened. It includes me, but I don't feel like it. It might be that our Western American notions of what power is, it's blocking us. It's blocking us from the experience of really encountering God's power. When, when will you encounter God's power? When can you en- encounter this stuff over here that includes you? Well, you'll find it. You'll find it in those moments of surrender. That's when. Because oftentimes power is coming to us in a different way. God's power is not tanks and guns. And God's power is not the easy button. Instead, it's surrender. And we enter into the mystery of Christ by surrender. Uh, Number three, uh, the medicine is working before we feel it. Uh, How many of you have ever been really sick? You, You ever been sick enough that you were in the bed and you had a fever and you couldn't even go get your own medicine? You know, and maybe you call the doctor and they, they, they call into Kroger and they have some antibiotics for you up there. And then somebody goes and gets them and you're in your bed with a fever and they give you the pill. And you take the antibiotic. And how many of you understand that from the moment you take the antibiotic, it's working? But how many of you know that you don't feel it? Right? There's that delay. Or, or, or how many of you have had a headache in the last two weeks and you took two Tylenol? right? How long does it take the Tylenol to work? It's working as soon as you swallow it, but it takes you about 45 minutes to notice it. Have you ever noticed there's that gap? You know, with an antibiotic, it's like 24 hours or 36. I'm not a doctor. I don't, I'm just making up hours here. I'm just, making, I'm just saying things. But there's that gap, isn't there? Yeah. So if on the one hand, God has done something in the cosmos, and if it really does include you, uh, if you have been made dead to sin and alive to God, for real, and if it doesn't feel like it, here's what I'd like to suggest to you. Uh, the medicine is working. You just Maybe you don't feel it yet. The medicine is already in you. Uh, Jesus tells this little parable. He says, well, the kingdom of God is like a little bit of yeast that gets put in the dough, and it leavens the whole thing. Uh, how many of you know when the yeast goes in, uh, it becomes invisible in the dough? You can't find it. And then there's that delay, isn't there? I just want to tell everybody in the room, if you've put your trust in Jesus, no matter how you feel over here in your right hand, the leaven and the yeast is already in the lump of dough that is your life, uh, and it is going to, it's going to raise it up. By the way, uh, that's a little really quiet resurrection metaphor that Jesus gives us. A little bit of yeast in the dough raises it up. He's going, to, he's going to raise the whole thing up with resurrection power, whether you feel it or not. There's a delay. Uh, number four. Number four. Uh, from eternity, our low anthropology is nothing. Probably ought to define some terms here for a moment. Uh, low anthropology. Um, uh, here at the Vineyard, uh, we're, just, we're just people who firmly believe in, in low anthropology. Uh, and here's what that means. It means we know that we know that we know that human beings are weak and that human beings are fragile and uh, human beings are frail. Uh, we know that. And we know that because we experience it uh, in ourselves and then and also in other people. That's just a, it's just a fancy way of saying uh, we know that human beings are sinful, right? And we're not, we're not tricked. Like, uh, we know two things at once. We know that on the one hand, every single person who is alive, uh, no matter how good or bad, uh, no matter 
what station they have in life, we know that they have the indelible print of the Father on them, which is to say they're made in God's image, uh, they're beloved, uh, they, there's, there's something that is unique and glorious about a human. But for whatever it is that God's image is on us, we also know this other thing to be true, uh, which is we know that human beings are weak, we know that human beings are sinful, we know that human beings are fragile, and, and, and on our best day, we know that we have, uh, we have thoughts and we have feelings that are not leading to more unity and love and, and goodness in the world. Do you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have ever experienced this? Uh, maybe Sam and the guys on the worship team, they lead an amazing time of worship, and, and you're like, wow, God is here. Maybe, maybe you even have your hands up in the room, and then, and then some kids go nuts in the room, and you're like, I wish that their parents would do something about them or I'm going to punch them. <laughs> Anybody ever had that experience? Yeah, what is that? It's low anthropology is what that is. Yeah, like on the one hand, you're like, God is awesome. And on the next, you're wanting to punch a kid at church. Right? We just know. Oh, uh, what, what are we saying here? What we're talking about here is like the human tendency to be like corrupted by greed or criticism like how many of you here uh, this morning are are hounded by criticism like you just notice like you're a critical person like a lot all the time right uh what is that it's low anthropology so on the one hand god really has done something he's included you and on the other hand uh your low anthropology comes up and it makes you feel disqualified i think that's what i'm trying to get to this morning uh here's what i want to say to you this morning Uh, From eternity's perspective, the reality of our low anthropology will not even be a memory. Think about this. Uh, Basically anyone, basically anyone will live to be 80 or 85 now. The drugs are good. You know, you can you can eat Taco Bell every day and drink a 12 pack of skis and you can take a handful of pills. You'll probably live to be 80. No, literally no joke. And if you work out really hard and you go to the gym, every single day you'll get to like 85. <laughs> that really is, that's about true. Uh, your 85 years of working out, you'll have better years. But, eh, you know, you can, you can do none of it. Taco Bell and skis. Every day you'll get 80, right? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine 80 years on one side, right? And then I want you to take a second, I want you to imagine eternity. And Jesus says eternal life is this, uh, to know the one the Father has sent. He's talking about himself. To know him. So eternal life is not just quantity, but it's quality. But we, we, we also need to dig back into this. It is also quantity. So I want you to think about eternal life on this other side. How many of you know that an eternity of being held in the Father's arms, when you look back to the 80 years, it'll be like, it's like, what is that? So the extent to which your low anthropology makes you feel disqualified or to the extent that your low anthropology, your own awareness of your fragility and and frailty and weakness makes you feel disqualified or makes you feel outside of this thing that God has done in Christ Jesus, which absolutely includes you, this thing which God has done, which puts to death your sinful life and causes you to be alive to God, to the extent to which that's alive in you, I just want to say, Meditate on eternity because from eternity's perspective, it'll not even be a memory. And then number five, the now and the not yet. Uh, In the vineyard, we understand the kingdom of heaven is 
is uh, breaking in. Uh, one of the ways we would say it in the, in the vineyard is that uh, God's kingdom or the future is breaking into uh, the present. And because of that, uh, God's kingdom is now and not yet. There are, things, there are things that are very now, and then there are things that are not yet. And so in the vineyard, we're just very comfortable. We're very comfortable with these things that sometimes feel like polarities. Uh, what things? Well, exactly what we're talking about this morning, that God really has done something in Christ Jesus, that it really does include you. And then yet, at the same time, sometimes we feel very fragile and frail, and it feels like it's outside of us. What is that? Oh, it's, it's a perfect example of the kingdom of heaven is now and not yet. Uh, the truth is, uh, you have been forgiven. And some of us are like, well, some days I believe that and some days I struggle to connect with it. What is that? It's now and the not yet. And one day we are headed to a future when you and I will know that we know that we know. But now, sometimes it's in contest. And so we're just comfortable with that. So what do we do? Uh, well, verse 11, this is what Paul says. Consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God through Christ Jesus. This would be one way of understanding our discipleship. What does it mean to be a disciple? Well, here's one way. Uh, increasingly considering yourselves dead to sin, and more and more every day, consider the fact that you are alive to God. That'd be one way to, to be a disciple of Jesus. Um, that word consider there as well, uh, in the Greek, uh, it has this idea of not just think about, but it has this idea of accounting or add it up. And so in Paul's mind, this, 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 this Greek word here, it, it has this idea of a ledger, like balance it out, run the numbers, see what it's like, and, and begin to realize that in all the places where you thought you were in the red, uh, in all the places where you thought that your life was uh, in the deficit and wasn't adding up, uh, in, in fact, in the very places where you were in the red, God has done something in Christ Jesus that forever and a day puts you in the black. And so Paul would say, begin to, begin to add it up, begin to do the math. Uh, here's the math. In the very places where you're the most weak, in the very places where it's not adding up, in the places where you're experiencing your own, frail, your own frailty, your own fragility, uh, in the places where you're in the red, add it up, and here's what you're going to find that God has made up the difference and not just simply drawn you back to the black, but he's, he's put an abundance in your life through his son. Begin to, begin to dwell on that. Begin to, begin to stew on that. And I love the way that Paul frames it here for us this morning. He says, consider yourselves dead to sin, uh, but also consider yourselves alive to God. Uh, salvation is not simply moving away from something bad. It is actually moving towards something good, uh, namely uh, the Father himself. Um, how many of you have ever noticed this, that it is easier to move away from sin if you simply move towards God? You know? How many of you have ever recognized this in your life? Uh, you don't become less angry by trying to be less angry. Uh, here's what happens if you try to be less angry. You get more angry because, because you add frustration on top of your anger right? But, but if we get a vision for God, if we begin to move towards the Father's love, if we move towards, if we move towards embrace, if we, if we can, as David says uh, in the Psalms, he says, one thing I ask, one thing I seek, 
that I could live in your house and look upon your beauty all the days of my life. That's one of my favorite verses. David, David is a guy who has everything. He's got all the money. Uh, he's got all the cars. He's got all the houses. And David says, there's one thing that I'm asking for and one thing that I seek, that I could live in God's house and, and look upon the beauty of the Lord. What, what is that? It's, it's not just that he's considering himself dead to the power of sin, but he's alive to God. Like one of the ways you let go of things is actually by laying hold of things. Yeah, so do the math. And in the very places where you're in the red, uh, begin to see that God has made up the difference and he's put you in the black by the power of God. Begin to get a vision of Jesus. In fact, begin to ask God, would you, would you open up the eyes of my heart? God, would you let me see, would you let me see your son? And would you, would you show me the ways in which you've made up the difference in my life? And in all the places I feel defeated, God, would you let me see your embrace? Amen? Amen. Hey, if you're on the worship team this morning, why don't you, why don't you come on up? And why don't, uh, why don't we stand up as a congregation this morning? I want to pray for us, and we're going to sing one more time. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.